Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. All right, race fans. Let's get rowdy. The next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only. Racing. From the dirt tracks of the Carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega, no race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. Welcome to the back to the morning edition of the Rowdy Maglite Show. After Bristol, guys, we had some winners. Noah Gregson winning four uh, Xfinity races here on a hot streak. Going over to Petty, GMS, Chris Busher bringing it home. Guys, you know, RFK been kind of silent since the duels, man. You know, you the duels, you had... Brad winning duel number one, and hey, and Busher winning uh, duel number two, and you were saying, man, this RFK is off to the to the season here. Here we are, first win of the season. Brad's struggling, looked better, but guys, the uh, the winners and the losers. That those were the winners. The losers were Kevin Harvick out of the round of sixteen. Kyle Bush out of the round of 16. Tyler Reddick out of the round of 16. Also, Austin Dillon. Bad weekend at Bristol for RCR, dude. Bad weekend for RCR. Chuck uh, race. We, we kind of touched on this the other night on the post-race show. Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs. Ty Majeski winning the truck race. Uh, uh, as Kyle called it, uh, maybe a career saving and NASCAR win. He needed to win big. So we're going to listen to Ty here. Monday mornings, every Monday morning, we'll have the winners from the deadline room, and you get to hear it straight from the drivers. All right, we've now been joined by our race winner, Ty Majeski of tonight's 25th Annual UNOH 200 presented by Ohio Logistics. Ty, congratulations on that win. Um, in those final laps, I know this win locks you in for a spot in the Final Four going into Phoenix. Was, was that on your mind, or were you more focused on just getting the win in general? Uh, I think a little bit of both. Um, I think the eight championship contenders came into Bristol you know, really wanting to win the race. Obviously, you know, no one wants to go to Talladega and not locked into Phoenix. Um, it's such a huge wild card, and uh, we we brought our best truck here and, and put our, you know, best effort we could into winning this race because we knew, um, given the amount of playoff points we have, and, um, you know, we knew winning Bristol was our easiest avenue, obviously. So, um, obviously, you know, hard to win these races, right? You've got to execute on, on all levels and at the right time, and um, it's difficult to do that. So uh, just proud of everybody at Thor Sport, Road Ranger. Um, this is such a cool win for us. Um, to win at Bristol under the lights, um, as a short track guy like me, this is, a, this is a dream come true. And this is your first victory in 40 starts in the Camping World Truck Series. Um, first of all, congratulations on that. But 
Um, like you said, how much did it win? How much did it mean to you to win here at Bristol for your first race? Well, um, you know, my NASCAR career has been up and down for sure. Um, you know, there's a lot of times where I thought potentially it was it was coming to an end, and um, you know, Duke and Rhonda took a chance on me last season, and I went to go work there as an engineer, uh, ran four races for him last year, and, and turned it into a full time deal. And I knew um, that this was you know, a really good opportunity for me, you know, Duke and Ron to run uh state of the art, uh, operation up in, up in Sandusky, Ohio and, um, getting to know how they work and, and, um, sort of the atmosphere that they've grown up in Sandusky. It just fit me and, and fit, uh, fit my family. And, and logistically it made sense being in Ohio, um, able to, you know, locate to Wisconsin pretty often and, um, be around my family, which is, uh, which makes it easy. And, um, it's just cool to finally get in victory lane that we've been so close. I feel like throughout the season and, um, no better time to, to execute and pull one off than, than, uh, the second round of the playoffs. All right. We're now going to go to questions. If you have a question, raise your hand. I'm going to get to as many people as I can. I'm going to start with Bob. Oh, Jacob, go ahead. Jacob Seelman kicking the tires tie. Uh, first off, congratulations. Um, I know you've scratched and clawed at every level from the short tracks all the way up, and I know you've been close how many times this season. Is there something poetic about a short track guy like yourself finally getting the job done here of all places? I think so. Um, you know, I've been a part of a lot of short track races and a lot of premier short track races, and, um, you know, when it came down to that last restart, it was just another late race restart in, in position to win, and um, I've been unfortunate enough to, to be in a, you know, in that position a lot throughout my career, uh, maybe not on the NASCAR stage, but I've got a lot of experience in it, and um, I wasn't nervous. It was just, again, I just took it as another restart. Um, I, I think Joe was more nervous than I was. He was like, okay, you got to hit your, re you know, hit your ships here, and I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so it was uh, just just cool to execute finally. Uh, we've been so close all season long. Uh, felt like we have tr had had trucks capable of winning, and uh, we we're finally able to put it all together tonight. All right, Bob, go ahead. Uh, Bob Hawkers, Fox Sports. Uh, it's not unprecedented for a driver to get their first win at Phoenix and win a championship, which we saw with Hemrick last year. But how, like, how different do you think it will be going into Phoenix, going for a championship with knowing that you've won a race and have closed the deal at least once before? I feel good about it. Um, you know, our strong suit, I think, has been short tracks this year. Ran really good at Richmond. Had a really fast truck at Gateway. Didn't have the results. So um, I feel good about going to Phoenix. Uh, I think we've, you know, developed a good short track package over the course of this season. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Joe Shear has been notorious for having um, a lot of success on short tracks with uh, with Johnny and, and Cole Custer and really anybody he's, he's worked with. So, um Phoenix is a short track, but it you know it, it's kind of pretty aero dependent, like a like an intermediate. So um, it's kind of a cross between the two. Um, but we're gonna you know we've been working hard. We've been doing some preliminary preliminary sim on it uh, for Phoenix already, and hopefully we can we can unload with a good setup. Uh, we've been unloading so close and and so fast in these practice sessions, and um, that makes the the day go a lot easier when you unload that close. So um, just testament to Joe, um, all of our engineering staff. Uh, it, it's fun to be a part of those conversations and be a part of, um, you know, having set up input and, and being in the room with these guys, um, you know, coming up with, with what we're going to unload with that weekend. So I love being a part of it with these guys, and we go to the racetrack and win together. It's uh, it's pretty cool. All right, Matt, go ahead. Matt Weaver, Racing America. 
Zane said that he felt like he launched better on the bottom on the PJ1, but it looked like the top was obviously super vital for restarts. When Zane chose the bottom, did you think, okay, well, this is what I needed, or did it not really matter? Um, I didn't know. The biggest thing is the launch. You know, if if you can, if you're the bottom guy and you can get into one side by side, the bottom is probably preferred. But the launch is it's so much easier to hit when you're in the top groove. It seemed like, especially tonight. Um, I, I didn't really know what to think. Obviously, I was going to go in whatever lane he didn't, um, just to give yourself a chance to to win and, and beat him into one. And um, you know, he spun his tires a little bit and um, maybe missed his shift or, or waited too long to shift. I heard him hit the chip. Um, and that was, uh, you know, that was my opening. And I knew once we got out in clean air, uh, I had a little bit fresher tires than what he had. And, uh, you know, I had run them down in that previous run. So I knew once I got out front, uh, we were going to be pretty tough to beat. And then the, um, the adversity has been well documented, your, your NASCAR-specific journey. Uh, do you even, like, think about that in the last several laps or you know, during the cool-down laps? I mean, right now, is the adrenaline still kind of the overriding thing, or has it started to hit you that, hey, I'm a winner, and what does that mean? I don't know. You know, it's it, there. It, it, you know, there's a lot of confusing emotions for sure. Um, this has, you know, obviously been a long road, but I, I knew I've known in my heart that I could succeed at this level in, given the right opportunity. Um, there's been, you know, a lot of great people around me that have pushed me through hard times and and um, and and kept me going when it when it looked like it maybe wasn't going to happen and. Um, we just kept pushing, and like I said, I took the backseat to, to driving last year, ran four races, you know, took an engineering job at Thor Sport in hopes it would turn into this. And um, I knew, you know, I, I learned a lot from my past failures. Um, maybe to some people they weren't failures, but to me they were. And um, I've learned a lot from those and took all those lessons and um, applied it to this season, just really was trying to take um, what the truck would give me and not trying to you know, take a 10th place truck and finish seventh with it. If it was 10th that day, just finish 10th in one piece and, and work on it and make it better. And that's kind of the mentality that I've had this season. And um, I, I feel like I knew when the timing was right, I, w- I would have gotten aggressive. And um, I feel like we did tonight and we're able to execute at the right time. All right, we're going to go to Deb, then up to the press box for a question, and then back downstairs. Go ahead, Deb. Uh, Deb Williams, RacingTheDay.com. Uh, congratulations, Ty. To go a little bit more on your engineering and working in the shop, how did that benefit you tonight as you went for the win? Well, I, you know, I could think I'm different from most drivers in the sense that I know exactly what's in the truck. So uh, me, Joe Shear, my crew chief, Ryan, my engineer, uh, we sit in Joe's office for probably four hours a day just running sim. And, you know, we, we're coming up with different ideas together, and I'm – talking about my past experiences and Joe's talking about his past experiences at a certain racetrack and um you know Ryan's running the computer he's you know new to asphalt racing but he's a he's a great dude and uh, a great engineer he's doing a great job in his first year so um it's just a, a team effort and I love being a part of those conversations um I'm very much a part of that on my late model program and I've gotten to the point where I've got enough experience to to be a benefit in that sense um, on the NASCAR side now. So it's, that's an aspect of it I really enjoy. I love being a race car driver, but I also love, um, you know, coming up with new ideas and being part of the setup conversations. Um, that's something I, I thoroughly enjoy almost as much as driving. And uh, being able to be a part of that, then going to the racetrack and, and racing, um, what you've helped come up with is, is uh, pretty gratifying. Okay, thank you. One other question. 
that this kind of centers on your late model. You are the first winner of the Kawiki Driver Development Program. And what does it mean to you to get your first win at Bristol, which will always be linked with Allen, and 30 years after Allen won his championship? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. That's um, a big reason why I did my Polish victory lap down the front stretch. Uh, 2015 was uh, really the season that catapulted my career. Um, that was, of course, the inaugural season for the Quickie Driver Development Program, and uh, we went on to win, you know, 20-some races that year, um, set the track record at the Snowball Derby, ran, you know, inside the top three that whole race, and uh, I feel like that was a season where, you know, we were really getting some people um, in the NASCAR community to, to recognize me, and um, and the Quickie Driver Development Program was a big part of that, and um, so cool to, to win here at Bristol. Um, I'm so glad that it that it came at a, at a racetrack like this. That that's meant so much to um, Alan. Of you know, it's just uh, it's really cool. Um, you know, Tom Roberts. He always keeps up with me. We keep in touch. Uh, he runs that program, and um, it's just uh, so cool to sort of see it come full circle, and uh, and be able to do that Polish victory lap. It's pretty cool. All right, we're gonna go upstairs for a question. Chris, go ahead. ChrisKnightCatchFans.com. Ty, you haven't been to Phoenix since 20, 2019. Is that any way a disadvantage for you compared to the other guys that are, are expected to be in the championship four, or does that not matter if you're bringing in a truck that was as competitive as it was tonight? Yeah, I mean, I, I think anytime you've got experience at a racetrack, um, you know, in, in the vehicle you're going to be racing helps. Um, I think that uh, a lot has changed since then. The tires have changed, right? The body builds have changed. I'm on a different team. Um, they're leaning, you know, laying a lot of PJ1 down um, on, on the top groove, especially. That's kind of changes how you race that racetrack. So uh, we just got to do what we've been doing all season, develop a good setup. And um, I know, you know, Joe, Joe will, uh, will have something up his sleeve for that place for sure. Uh, he's run good there in the past. And uh, we just got to do what we've been doing all season. Um, that's just execute on all levels and um, got to have good pit stops and got to do the small things. And um, track position is key there. So, um, just excited for the opportunity. Excited to go to Phoenix, uh, first full-time season. We're running for a championship. Um, doesn't get too much better. All right. I think we had one more question. Go ahead. Uh, Joshua Weatherman, Short Track Report. We know how many huge short track races you have won in your career. Where does this one rank on that list? Well, <laughs> it's got to be in the top two for sure. Um, obviously, you know, winning on, a, on the national stage is pretty cool. Um, de certainly between this one and the Snowball Derby for sure. Um, just to, to win in the upper three series of NASCAR, especially when, um, you know, a lot of people doubted what I could do at this level. I, I, it, it feels really good to, uh, to, to show and prove that I can win at this level. It's uh, really, really nice to be in, in good equipment and, and surrounded with good people. Duke and Rhonda, like I said, have built such an empire up, up in Sandusky, Ohio. Um, so cool to, to bring the sword back to them. And uh, I guess Thorsport has swept both both Bristol races, one on dirt and one, of, one on concrete, so uh, it's pretty cool too. All right. Any final questions? All right. Well, congratulations on that win. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. In a word, it's chaos. You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a place where chaos mixes with speed. Where a town turns into a city and a weekend becomes a lifetime of memory. It's a tradition like no other. What a wild finish. 
NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Talladega Super Speedway, October 1st and 2nd. Bubba Wallace, the winner at Talladega. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. Get your tickets now, and we've got two lucky winners from tickets for that weekend. We'll have them on probably Thursday night for just a moment. Uh, and if you ain't, if you haven't entered, entered to win, get your tickets. Let's meet up. Grab a, grab a photo together. Free camping, guys, over in the, uh, two, three locations. Go to the free camping, camp out, go snag you a Big Bill's garage and be part of the action there with discount food. Put you in winter circle, guys. Uh, they'll have the top 11 cars on one side and the other 11 on the other side. Only thing that stops you is the chain link fence. You can communicate back and forth. I love Daytona, but you slip all your information under a glass like a bank teller. Here is just the chain link fence and open air. It is the bomb. We'll be there all weekend with the show, hopefully bringing out a few drivers and uh, interviewing some guests there. But big story in Xfinity, Noah Gregson on fire, man, going, leaving Junior Motorsport and moving on over to GMS Petty Racing. Uh, kind of expect big things out of Noah. Hopefully he's going to uh, bring that situation to a happier end. And uh, Eric Jones has got it started. Eric and Noah be partners next year. But we got Noah here in deadline room. Joined by our race winner in tonight's Food City 300 here at Bristol Motor Speedway in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. We've been joined by Noah Graxon, driver of the number nine Bass Pro Shops Chevrolet. Noah, congrats again on another victory. I feel Thank like you. this is becoming quite the habit as we have these conversations after um, several Xfinity Series wins now. We will open for questions for Noah. If you have a question, raise your hand. We'll get a mic to you, and we're going to start with Jacob. Jacob Seelman kicking the tires. Noah, uh, it's no secret you've heard the doubters uh, loudly on social media at times. Does a six-win season, which is a record for any JRM driver, by the way, finally start to uh, quiet some people down? Uh, I don't know. That's uh, that's for them. Uh, I don't know. I don't really get too wound up with uh, what people say on social media. You've got a lot of support, too, so... Um, I'll let them have their opinions, and um, all I can do is my job and uh, just go as fast as I can and, and race as smart as I can and hard as I can and um, try to win races for, for our team. That's really the only thing I care about right now. What does it do for you, though? I mean, this is dominance. I'm not sure anybody expected at the start of the year. Well, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we're on a roll. We're really happy with where we're at as a team we're really happy with where we're at as an organization we got a lot of speed in our all four cars and um you know with the seven pitting and if he doesn't get that penalty he has a good shot to win the race too so um two opposite strategies and um we both probably could have had a shot to win thank you 
Yes, sir. You're You're Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think just the momentum and confidence it, it brings to uh, not only myself but our team. There's a lot of momentum and, and confidence that come with wins, and you know it. You still have to work hard during the week, and Josh Wise has been a big part of that. Uh, Luke Lambert and the rest of the team. We have a really good. I don't want to say formula, but a really good thing going right now, and a really good. Um, I don't know what the word would be, but just uh, we're in a really good rhythm of, you know, Monday through Friday um, and just feel like everything's kind of going right as far as the preparation side and uh, feel like we're all on the same page. My spotter, Tyler Mons, done a great job as well. So uh, we just want to keep on getting playoff points. We want to keep getting wins. And um, the ultimate goal is to get to Phoenix and have a shot at the championship. Okay, we're going to go to Bob. I'm Bob Hawkers, Fox Sports. Does this getting sick stuff concern you? Yeah, it's concerning my mom too. Um, like it, I don't, I don't know why it's going on. Um, I don't know if I'm not breathing or what it is. Um, I mean, way back to 2016, K&N racing, um, especially in these close races for the wins, I, I feel like I hold my breath. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah, like thinking about it, I've thought about it. Maybe I should go see a doctor, but I've been so busy with racing that I, I'm probably going to hold off till the off season. But um, definitely need to figure out at least what's going on because it's obviously not normal um, to throw up after a race. But I don't know if it's my breathing or, um, you know, my indigestion and acid reflex and stuff. I have acid reflex to where I take tums and that helps it but um yeah i don't really know what's going on so probably the off season i'll try and look into it more and can you kind of take me through the the contact with ty gibbs uh you know put both gibbs and creed out of the race yeah um i'd have to go back and really see it but from my memory and my point of view um the 54 kept leaving the bottom and leaving at least a not a hole, but, um, you know, enough to where I could get to his bumper and he kept diamonding or he diamond down a couple of times. And, um, then finally he did it and got loose. And, um, you know, I really have to go back and look at it. I hate that two got torn up, but, um, it's tight racing at Bristol. Everybody's really close and, um, we're all battling over inches and, um, you know, it just came together. All right. We're going to go upstairs to the press box and then back down here to Noah. Go ahead, press box. Bob, is that your brother right there? All right, Noah, go ahead, and then we'll we'll go back son? up to the press box. <laughs> is, is that Rob Pockers, Bob and Rob? Amanda. Uh, oh, go ahead, Chris. Uh, Chris, com. Noah, uh, it's the recent momentum of, of your number 19 and the leadership of Galoot Lambert is, uh, are you the favorite next in the series championship in 2020? Uh, I think... Someone asked me this at Darlington. Uh, this is 
up to people to um, use their opinions and what they think. I don't know if being a favorite is really matters or not. Um, I feel like we have a really good thing going with the number nine team at Bass Pro Shops and, and Luke Lambert, and we definitely have a lot of confidence. But to label ourselves as a favorite, that's not for us to uh, put that label on ourselves, um, nor do I really think it matters. I think, you know, the only thing that really matters is the guy who gets the job done at Phoenix, and it's going to be a challenge to get to Phoenix in the first place. It's going to be a, a challenge to, uh, you know, race throughout these playoffs. And you could be the favorite or you could be the dark horse. And um, it seems like anybody can win the championship. So uh, we just want to keep on working hard, stay focused, and uh, stay positive, stay aggressive, and try and keep riding on this momentum. Okay. Noah, go ahead. Noah Lewis, uh, TSJ Sports. Um, today you, you – take the checkered flag and then you jump out of the roof hatch and I mean the fans are going wild here uh, and you know I don't really know or remember any Xfinity series driver that just captivates the fans like you do uh, they're chanting for you to climb the fence and, and that's just such a big thing for you I almost it almost seems like it's as big of a deal as, as winning the race uh, your post-race celebration just talk about how that's been for you yeah I just uh, remember going to a race in Las Vegas uh, Xfinity race might have been 2016, 2017, Austin Dillon won the Xfinity race there in a, might have been the 33 or the two car. I think it might have been the 33 car as a black green car. Um, and kind of did a little burnout. And I was like, man, that was weak. If I ever get the opportunity to pump up the crowd, um, I'm going to do a big burnout. And they definitely like it. I, I like putting on a show for the fans. Um, I, I definitely try to do that. And, there's there's a lot of nine shirts, a lot of Bass Pro Shop shirts. Um, it there's a lot of support for the Junior Motorsports number nine team, and um, you know we just like to have fun. We like to enjoy it. We like to um, try new stuff and just uh, really appreciate the opportunity in, in the moment. Um, try and soak it all in. And when we won here back in 2020, uh, there's no fans here. It was dead silent during the national anthem. Well, it should be, but like crickets right after it and. Uh, it's kind of like a ghost town. It was really eerie, and then we won the race, and there's nobody around. So um, to have the opportunity to go back to Victory Lane with a packed house, um, everybody cheering your name, it feels um, it's a privilege. It, it really is, and it's it's an honor to be able to race in the Xfinity Series and a privilege, and to be able to win on this stage in front of a packed house like that. There's I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. No, he'll figure something out, probably. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to Michael. Go ahead. Michael Massey, front stretch. First off, you're scaring me with that sword a little bit. What are you going to do with that thing? Uh, I don't know. Um, probably take it to Waffle House tonight. <laughs> I don't know if we'll get arrested or something for having a weapon. They'll probably be like, what the hell are you doing? But... Uh, it helps when you have two things, and it's engraved, too, which you can kind of tell the story. For sure. And then uh, did it give you any relief at all that, you know, Brandon was pretty much going to have to wreck you to get around you, and if he wrecked you, he was going to be wrecking the guys he's going to be working with in a yeah, couple months. I did think about that with four or five to go, and I kind of got in a situation last week with 
the 42 where I wanted to do the same thing but didn't because that's a car that we're going to be I'm going to be driving next year and Brandon's a great racer I have a lot of respect for him he raced me hard he raced me clean he put the bumper to me um, through one and two with two to go two or three laps to go and uh, I think it was two to go yeah and uh, he's he's a lot better on that end just uh, we're able to we're running probably a foot or two off the wall be exciting to rewatch the race and relive the moment but um he tried and we got away a little bit and i think that was kind of the race winning move um just being able to give us that gap but uh nonetheless a, a ton of respect for brandon a ton of respect for all the drivers in the xfinity series and uh you know just appreciate the way he raced us all right we're going to go up to the press box go ahead jim ModernMotorsport.com. Uh, no, I was just wondering, is it a little bittersweet in the sense that you've been through a lot of ups and downs while you've been at your motorsports and you're now seem to be coming into uh, the you know the best you've been since there, knowing that you're moving on next year? Not that you need it, but does that serve as a little extra motivation going into the playoffs? Yeah, I think right now we're just focused on trying to win stages, trying to win races, trying to lead laps, and, uh, you know, the time's winding down, obviously, with me moving on next year, and uh, really enjoy the group that we got right now. It's the most fun I've ever had in, in motorsports, and, uh, you know, I we don't really put any pressure on ourselves. We work really hard, but we we also have a lot of fun, and we do our job, and the hard work and preparation throughout the week, the group that we got, it, we're working hard, but, you know, it, it feels a lot easier when you're having fun. So, um, yeah, it's, I mean, right now it's, it's all thumbs up and excitement, but, uh, definitely want to soak it all in and, and appreciate the time that we got with everyone. I rode up with the guys, um, in the minivan up here, um, and just, uh, try and soak in every last minute I can with this team because we really got something special going on and um, we got seven more weeks to really enjoy it and make the most of it. Okay. Any additional questions? Okay. We'll go to Steven and then in with – go to Steven, Deb, and then in with Dustin. Go ahead. Uh, Rob Pockers. Rob Pockers. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> got me before I could do that. <laughs> I was going to call myself Rob. Steven Toronto, CBS Sports. Uh a lot of drivers in the truck race were complaining that they were stuck to the bottom and there was no tire fall off and they really couldn't do anything to make passes. It seemed like midway through the race tonight, the groove started to move up toward the top and uh, you guys were able to run a bunch of different lanes. Describe the track conditions relative to the uh, tire or traction compound that was put down and how you felt uh, tire wear and the ability to use multiple grooves was. Well, we talked about that um, in our pre-race Team Chevy meeting with uh, Josh Wise and the other Team Chevy guys and his program and um, was fortunate enough to have um, be in the same room as Kyle Larson and be able to pick his brain and ask him questions and just ask him, hey, how do you run the top here? What do you do? What are you looking for? Um, I picked Sam Mayer's brain at driver intros. He's really good here. He was actually my pick to win the race tonight and I told him he's going to have a really good shot if he could stay patient and stay under control. And he has a speed, no doubt. So um, I knew he was going to be fast and just trying to learn. And with a couple of restarts there, a couple of guys stayed out on old tires. 
uh, we restarted behind the 26 and restarted behind someone else and uh, that allowed the the top lane maybe we restarted like third second row inside and I was I think fifth row outside cleared me off a two um, and, and one of those times the 21 was uh, got clear of me and uh, you know I just learned in that third stage how, how to run the top from him he was really really good up there and um, really got it black up there got the the rubber laid down and talking to Kyle Larson on when you need to go up there how you need to do it um, it was just all starting to come together and we had really good pace there at the end even before the caution came out we ran the seven down from a straightaway back and uh, and had a lot of pace up there so um, it was definitely a learning experience for me um, and I really wanted to learn how to run the top of this race with the truck race being right around the bottom, I knew it was going to be challenging to get it black up there, but uh, we had enough drivers that wanted to go up there and some lap cars on the bottom that allowed drivers to have to go up there, and, and that allowed us to uh, to learn and search and find grip up there. Thanks, Noah. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> All right, Deb, and then Dustin. Deb Williams, RacingToday.com. Noah, you mentioned Josh out in your on the track post race. You mentioned him. Excuse me. Mentioned him again in here. How has he helped you? Could, could you please expand on that? I give all my credit to Josh Wise and the driver I am right now. And we still have a long way to go. But um, you know, just the. The hard work he pushes me not only as a, a race car driver but more importantly as a human and, and a person and pushes me to be better um, really Monday through Friday and um, from late nights getting back from cup races at you know midnight 1 a.m. to being in the gym 7 a.m. every Monday morning this year um, down at, at GM or track house we just moved or, uh, moved over to GM building over by Hendrick Motorsports, but, um, you know, 7 a.m., it, uh, it'll wear you out, but, um, you know, you keep working hard, you keep on trying to be the best version of yourself, um, that's what he just keeps telling us, and I fully believe that, you know, I wouldn't be the person that I am today if it weren't for Josh, and give all my credit to him, because, um, you know, he, he works with us Monday through Friday, Scott Speed, Dan Jansen, everybody um, involved with Josh's program, Alex, uh, they, they all work so hard to give us the best tools and resources um, that we can have when we go to the racetrack. And the physical side and the preparation side, all that comes together. And, uh, you know, it takes a lot of hard work out of them. It takes a lot of hard work to prepare um, all the data and info that, that they have prepared for us when we go in there on Thursdays. And, um to be a part of that group and to be um, have Josh Wise as a mentor, it uh, means the world to me. His friendship means the world to me, and uh, it's a privilege to be able to work with him. So does that include sports psychology as well? Yes, yeah, it, uh, it's everything from doing breathing techniques this past Thursday because we're going to Bristol, and, I mean, you're just breathing nonstop. Your heart rate's through the roof, and it's, it's hard to really relax behind the wheel to uh, – to being in the right mental state, um, you know, meditation and, and whatnot, um, he'll build you up, 
and uh you know motivate you and then he'll uh he'll really work to to just keep you on track and uh he's been great to me it's been great to work with him it's been great to work with all the other drivers involved with the the team Chevy organization with Josh Wise it uh you know be able to lean on them bounce ideas back and forth i i wouldn't i don't think i could have won this race if i wasn't in the same room as Kyle Larson being able to um utilize him to ask him questions and, and learn this week. So, um, you know, it takes all of us. It takes everybody in his program to build each other up, make each other better. And, um, you know, we talk on the weekends. We we all, I know Landon, he's racing for college, Sheldon Creed and Austin Hill, they're racing for RCR, Sam and, and Josh Berry are racing for junior motorsports, but we all can come together and, and talk about, you know, kind of the same grounds. And, and you kind of know when you're racing those guys what they're looking to do, too, because um, they're getting fed the same information. So um, it's it's all around a good thing, and um, I'm grateful to lean on so many talented drivers and a, a great guy like Josh Wise. Thank you. All right. Go ahead, Dustin. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. You referenced uh, coming up with the crew guys in the in the van uh, today. Um, so, what did you soak in? What, what what was the experience like, or what what was special about that as as one of these moments to experience before you move up to? Uh, I don't think it's any different than any other weekend on the road. We try and do a team dinner every time we're out on the road, and you know we all don't feel like. We have to be there. We want to all be together, and we have such a friendship, such a bond and, and brotherhood that uh, you know it just. I enjoy being around these guys, and any time you can spend with them and, and keep up in those relationships, that's what matters, in my opinion. And um, just spending time with each other Monday through Friday. I mean, I talk to my crew chief, or hang out with him and his family, and hang out with all the guys. You know, two or three times a week. Um, we're just we love each other, and um, that's what I think it takes to, to be a good team. Thanks. All right. Noah, congratulations again on the win. Thank you. And we wish you best of luck in the playoffs. Thank you, guys. You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a tradition like no other. NASCAR Playoff Weekend at Talladega Super Speedway, October 1st and 2nd. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. Absolutely, everyone. Grab those tickets. Jump on there. Go online. Grab your tickets for the weekend. It's going to be a beautiful weekend. It's the playoffs. It's everything you want it to be. Get ready. Have the time of your life. Celebrate the summer's over and and get it all out because winter's on its way. That is definitely for sure. So, uh, man, know what? Listen, Noah's bringing it home each weekend. That's pretty awesome. And they're having a great time. Now, how that's going to relate for Noah to going over with GMS and Betty, I just hope he can take all that with him and the guys can win. So we got Chris Buster coming in. I was kind of thinking Kyle was going to be able to call in. Kyle's a working today. Before we listen to Chris Busher, or we can bring Kyle in at the end of it. Uh, but congratulations to 
and I'm, I'm really it didn't proud matter to work that with him. Oral crab sandwich was good the other day, anyway. Yes, ma'am, it was. He deserves a lot of credit. This is not an easy race to win. It never has been. But it's a big race to win for your career. The Bristol Night races, you know, race the champions win, and you know, I think the growth that that he's shown this year shows that he can be just that. So. So a big moment for him and a big moment for our, our company to, to be able to win races uh, is really so important at this level. You're not relevant hey, you can't win races. So, uh, you know, and if you're not relevant, That's you can't right. have sponsors, you can't have sponsors, you can't go to the racetrack every week. So hey, what we a beautiful win. weekend, huh? We need to win for our partners, and Fastenal is a key partner for us, and um, it's good well, to it, see them uh, rewarded for the, their loyalty start, to us with, you with a, a, a big win last big night race. So, uh, just a, a lot to be proud of uh, today, now. even though, uh, you know, yeah, from the side, I didn't get what I wanted. Really know but, that uh, secret, but All right, we'll take questions for Brad now. If you have a question, raise your hand. We're going to mic to you. We'll get to as many questions as we can in the time that we have. We'll start over here with Seth and Jacob, and then we'll make our way over to the right. Sedegger, kickingtires.net. Uh, Brad, this is the first that, time that up out of the in grade. the playoffs, the entire round has been swept by non-playoff drivers. Yeah. Does that show the parity of this car? I, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's fair. I mean, there's been a lot of uh, circumstances, but parity as well. Uh, you know, I, I thought, uh, you know, last two races, Bubba drove a great race. Eric Jones drove a great race. <laughs> There were some other crazy things that happened as well, so um, you know it's hard to say uh, how that all is going to play out. But um, uh, I would say parity is certainly a part of it. For sure. All right, Jacob, go ahead. Jacob's filming, kicking the tires, Brad. Uh, first off, congratulations. I know, you, you. like you said, you wanted both hats tonight, but uh, when you made the move from Penske to what's now RFK, I, I think a lot of people probably openly questioned it. It's been a building process. Did you see the the pieces that were necessary to get to this point where you guys would be back in victory lane as an organization when you did, when you made the decision to move over? Yeah, I mean, it's painful, but, you know, anything in life worth doing is painful. It's, it's a little bit like working out and, you know, moved up a weight class here. <laughs> i got to build a lot more muscle and, and get better uh, off the track as much as I have to on the track. And, um you know, there was a lot of room for growth within the company. We've been making major investments uh, to try to get to where we can uh, get this thing to where it can win. And, uh, you know, when you make those investments, uh, you want to get a result out of it. Uh, and it's really important that you get those results when you do them. And so uh, there has been a little bit of a lag. And some of that, uh, one of our biggest problems is that, you know, there was a ton of supply chain issues that probably affected us as much as anyone else this year and or more, and um, we're just now starting to, to realize some of those investments, and, and they're paying off with results. All right. Go ahead. <clears throat> Adam Summick from NASCAR.com. Brad, um, you're a race-winning team owner in the NASCAR Cup Series now. Is this one of the most satisfying moments of your racing career up to this point? No, it's, it's certainly a good feeling, and you know, i, I got to – try to clear my uh, emotions and, and memory out of, you know, not winning the race as a driver and working your butt off to do that and, you know, coming short of it. But um, also, got, I'm trying to be remember to be grateful because it's super hard to win races in this sport, even as a car owner. And, and so in that sense, um, big moment for us. Um, you know, I, I know that you guys, this is our first win. I, I would say the duels felt more like our first win, but, you know, you get in all these – you know, qualifications of points races and exhibition races and 
I tell you, I felt like that was our first win. Uh, but, um, you know, with, with respect to that, um, uh, this is a different type of win. This is a, um, a legacy type of win, you know. There's some tracks that winning at is always great, don't get me wrong, but there's some tracks that winning at is just not as special as others. And Bristol is right up there at the top of, of being special. So um, big moment for us. All right, Jeff. <clears throat> yeah, with your with your own race tonight. So first you stay out on – you don't pit at all on the first stage, but the tires still held up pretty decent. And then, you know, you're leading, you have a flat tire. Like, is there any explanation? Like, how do you reconcile those two things? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we looked at all the tire wears after the first run, and the tires showed they'd go almost to 300 laps. So I don't, I don't think the tire wore out. It, it either failed or we ran over something. All right, Nate. Yeah, I guess uh, following up on that, Brad, a little bit. Um, so you, you run the entire first stage without pitting, and then uh, your teammate takes two tires and wins. Did, did you guys have that feeling coming in that you're going to be able to sort of just play that strategy out that way? Yeah, we, we spent a lot of, talk, a lot of time uh, talking about our strategy for the race, and um, tires seem to not be an issue until they're a really big issue today. And uh, we, we kind of thought that was how it was going to play out, and it's a little bit of a lottery of when it's going to happen and uh, you know, the six car, we lost that lottery today, and, and, and the 17, we won it. Heard some guys talking about that it was difficult to pass, that the speed's really high in the corners. When you got out front, did you feel like you could control the race? Is that kind of the way it was for the leader tonight? Yes and no. I mean, I, I restarted third there on the uh, – uh, restart at the, uh, I don't know, probably 150 to go, and was able to pass the front two cars for the lead. So um, I feel like, yes, I could pass, um, and um, – wasn't easy, but it, it, it's not supposed to be easy. Where I like to see us continue to work on the cars, absolutely. You know, and I, I've said this in NASCAR, and I've said it to me before, and I'll say it again. If the next gen car looks the same next year as it does this year, then we failed. You know, it should continue to grow. We should continue to learn. We should continue to make it better. Um, and, and you know, there's probably some car owners that don't want to hear that because it costs money to change the cars. But you know, like anything, when you create something new, like the next gen car. There's going to be things that uh, are optimized, and there's going to be things that, that aren't. And uh, I think there's there's opportunities to continue to make this car better and the racing better with it. I think it's still a step forward from where we were uh, in a lot of ways. I think we've seen some great racing because of that great parity, I think, is, is what Jacob was trying to allude to, and I think he's right. Um, so there's a lot of big positives. Uh, like any industry, we probably get caught up in the negatives more than the positives, uh, but that's not to say, and, and that's the issue at hand, is you know, I feel like there's two camps. There's the everything's wrong with this car camp, and there's nothing's wrong with this car camp. And I'm trying to set my mind like, no, it's, it's a pretty big step forward for our sport. It's actually pretty good, but I'd like to keep working on it. And it, it seems like, much like many things today, the polarization means there's no room for middle ground. But, um, you know, in, in my eyes, I'd like to see um, – you know, some small tweaks, but I'm, I'm thankful and, and, and proud of our sport and where the next-gen car has taken us so far. I, I realize you're biased, but there were a ton of durability concerns tonight, a lot of a lot of attrition. I'm sure that's going to be the narrative going forward, like you said. Do you think that the car deserves a passing grade for how it performed tonight? I'm not aware of all the durability issues, so it would probably be unfair for me to comment, but I, I just know we didn't have any other than the tire. Um, I heard maybe some power steering issues. Um we didn't have those, so I, I couldn't comment on that. Um, I, I heard there was maybe a fuel pump issue. 
Uh, but I, from what I understand, that's not related to the next-gen car. It's similar parts, if not identical to the older car. Uh, but that's all I'm aware of at the moment. All right, we'll go Kelly, Matt, and then Stephen. Go ahead. Kelly Crandall, Racer.com. Brad, um, a few weeks ago, Steve Newmark told me that when you all put your deal together, one of the first things you said to him is, how long is Chris Buescher signed for? Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't know how to take if that was a good thing or a bad <laughs> yeah, thing, yeah. but um, you were very pleased to know that he had a a few years on his contract. So is, is he someone that you envision that you're going to work with for a long time? You want him in the company? He's he's earned his place? Yeah, you know, um, I wanted Chris Buescher to drive the 21 Cup car about five years ago. I thought that highly of him, and, and there was a number of reasons why it didn't come over, timing and, and so forth. Uh, but I thought that was a, a, a natural fit for him, and I thought a lot of his talent then. I, you know, I went to a, a Ford driving school with him somewhere around 2015, um, and uh, I was blown away by his talent and his feel for the car. Uh, I just felt like he didn't have the support system around him to be successful with the teams he was with. And so um, I, I kind of felt like he was a hidden free agent gem that wasn't being scouted properly. Uh, and felt that way for a handful of years. And uh, so, yeah, the first thing, it was literally the first thing I did when I signed the papers at RFK was uh, the next step after signing my papers was putting an offer in front of him to give him a contract extension. And uh, I felt like he was somebody we could build around and, and get results. And uh, today clearly shows that uh, that was the case. So he has an extension that I think the last we heard was it was through 20. Four. Yeah, he's got multiple years left in his contract. Okay. Um, tonight, you both were in the top five when you had your tire issue. Is is tonight a good um, showing of, of what this team is, these two teams are capable of, or was tonight just a Br- Bristol-specific type thing? Or, or yeah, anything from tonight? you know, with next gen, <laughs> somebody wins one week and runs 30 at the next. So, you know. I'd like to sit here and tell you, Kelly, yeah, we're going next week to Texas and we're going to lead every lap and win the race. But as you can tell, there's, uh, it's not that simple. Um, you know, I think as a whole, the Fords seem to be more competitive on the short tracks. So that, that that's probably part of our strength. Uh, the mile and a half have been, you know, a struggle. So uh, I, I hope we can go to Texas and have a, a good run next, next week um, and think we'll run really well at Talladega if we can not get wrecked. Uh, but in that sense, it's hard to say. Uh, you know, it's kind of one week at a time, Kelly. All right, go ahead, Matt. Matt Weaver, Racing America. Um, from a business standpoint, winning the races at Daytona and now winning the Bristol Night Race, in what ways does being able to give those moments to your partners help you kind of build a, another foundation on this company as you guys want to grow? Yeah, I mean, we, we want to get back to being a, a, at least a four-car team. Uh, that, that's been our goal all along. Um, before you can get to a four-car team, you got to get to a three-car team. Before you can get to a three-car team, you have to be relevant as a two-car team. Um, and, and so for us, again, relevancy, uh, Matt, is winning races, uh, multiple races a year with both of your cars and competing for playoffs. Um, obviously, we're not in the playoffs with either of our cars, so we have more work to do. But, uh, you know, our, our stated goal internally is to get back to being, a, you know, a, a four-car team and, uh, that's not going to happen if you're not winning races and you're not relevant as a two-car team. So this is a, a good step forward for us. It, we've got a long way still to go. We need to be able to win multiple races a year. Uh, but before you can do that, you got to win first race. So um, not to take anything away from today. 
and then a follow-up on Nate's question. Um, to your point, like I think this car has definitely made intermediate tracks, bigger tracks better, right? And then the challenge so far has been short tracks. Do you have enough data now between you know, here and, and Martinsville as far as, as far as a direction you would like to as an owner and a driver point NASCAR towards, whether it's tire fall off or arrow yeah. or what have you? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it, I don't have a perfect answer for that probably at the moment, Matt. Um, I know we won't get there unless we try. So I think there's there's some effort being put into those things. Uh, I, I couldn't specify what they are, uh, but uh, certainly we have some, some room to continue to, to grow and be better. Stephen, go ahead. Stephen Toronto, CBS Sports. Brad, you alluded to this a little earlier, but obviously this isn't your first time winning a race as a car owner. You did it plenty of times with BKR in the truck series. Also not your first time winning a cup race. You've done it so many times as a driver. And you mentioned the duels at Daytona. It's not necessarily the first time winning with RFK Racing. So does that make the feeling of winning a points race with RFK Racing more of a satisfactory feeling than necessarily a high of elation or spike in emotion, anything like that? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we've, we've had an up and down year. So um, you, you do have to enjoy the, the, the wins, no doubt. But I also want to keep perspective. And, you know, what becomes really natural inside of any company or, or and specifically in racing is when you win to, to kind of become complacent. And, and so, I you know, I, I naturally probably hedge against that maybe even too much. Uh, and don't enjoy the moments as much as we should. But uh, that said, uh, we got a lot more that, that, that we need to do and that I want to see us do to, to continue to be in a position to, to, to win more races uh, than we've been in this year. And this is certainly a good sign, and I'm, I'm really proud of everyone in our company, but we have got to keep our head down. We have got to keep getting better. Are there any uh, particular racetracks in the uh, next seven races that you think this company has a particularly good chance of winning? Yeah, I mean, I, I really like uh, where, what we saw out of our cars at, at Martinsville in the spring and, and uh, at our test as well. And then uh, Talladega, I'm, I'm probably have that one circled as well, not to say that there aren't other tracks I feel really good about, but uh, uh, those two are, are probably at the top of our list. Thanks, Brett. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, we're going to take one final question with Dustin. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Um, Brad, earlier this summer – you were pushing for more practice as a essentially cost uh, be more cost effective than yep. relying on on the sim stuff and i'm curious how as a driver owner do you marry the issue of you're taking hits you're feeling those hits more with the cost that you know at some point obviously safety is important but there does get to be a point is there you know can it cost too much how, how how are you dealing with this? Because obviously it's the big issue in the sport is how much more can be done. And, you know, the drivers want it to be everything to done, done mm -hmm. and owners have got to look hmm. at a bottom line. So yeah. how, do, how do you look at it from since you have both perspectives and nobody else does? Yeah, you know, it's again, it's a really polarizing topic. Um, you know, you have the owners that don't want to touch anything on the car and you have the drivers that are kind of screaming that we've got to make safety advancements on the car and, uh, Sitting in both rooms can get awkward at times, <laughs> no doubt. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think uh, this car is, you know, end of the world, unsafe or anything like that. I, I don't feel that way. Uh, but I, I don't think it's optimized either. So, you know, I, I want, I'd like to see some small iteration changes to, to continue to improve it, and I think those are out there. Um, but, 
you know, again, it's it's, it's a really polarizing topic between the, you know, everything's perfect camp and everything's wrong camp, and, and I think there's probably a spot in between. Are you a unifier, or are you standing in the back of the room being quiet? Well, right now, all I care about is getting this team to work and win races, so, uh, or company as a whole. And uh, so, you know, I, I feel like uh, that's 99% of my energy is what is it going to take to get these cars to where they can compete at a high level, to show the pace that's required to, to be competitive. Uh, and in that light, that's that's where my bandwidth is. And last thing is, um, obviously, your schedule's always busy, and obviously you had your business and you've done a lot of things. But Come on in, Chris. Can, can you give me a sense of what this year's been like in the double duty with everything and trying to build this organization up? I mean, you know, how tired are you at this point? How much is this year taken out of you? And, um, mm -hmm. you know, how are you feeling at, at this point with seven weeks left in the in the Yeah, season? I'm not tired. I've probably wore some other people down there. <laughs> he hasn't slowed down yet. Yeah, not no. Not the first bit. <laughs> I'm not tired at all. I'm, I'm, I'm driven. We, you know, I wanted to see this thing be successful. Today's a clear sign that it can be successful, but it ain't going to be successful sitting on our hands. you got to grind it out, and uh, that that's a hell of a journey. To, to grind it out, I tell you, there's there's days you you look back and say, did I get better today or did I get worse? <laughs> and more often than not, you have to get worse to get better, you know. And, and that's that can be really frustrating, you know. It, it can be letting go someone who's good because they're not great, and and that ain't fun. I can tell you that. Uh, and then biding it out until you can find great. So, uh, you know, it can be tearing down the walls in the shop and having a mess everywhere, and knowing that's what needs to be done to be better in you know six months, but it's a lot of playing the long game and and, and having confidence that we're doing the right things, um, and, and that's uh, that's not easy because, you know, like I said, anytime we make a change, uh, I think it's really natural, and it, not just for our company, but for any company, for everyone to go, okay, where's the instant result? Like there are no instant results. Like every change, like you don't see a result for six to twelve months, and um, that can be really painful because you, you start to lose people and they, they start to not believe in you. So. This is a big win for us to kind of regain the confidence of, of you know, our, our not just uh, our partners and, and the external factors that we face, but our internals as well. So uh, I'm excited for them and, and excited for that for our company. No problem, Dustin. All right, Brad, thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. They're all yours, Chris. <laughs> Get them warmed up. When I take my sword, I'm going home. <laughs> Good job, man. Thanks. Howdy. Sorry about your luck. That hurts. Happy for you, man. I appreciate it. Enjoy it. Thank you. Okay, we're going to continue with our post-race press conference here with our race um, winning driver and crew chief, Chris Busher and Scott Graves. Congratulations to you both. We appreciate you spending some time with us. We are going to roll straight into questions, and to kick us off, we're going to start with Jordan. I just want to point out that we have swords, so you better be nice. All of you. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. What's Brad Keselowski like as a team owner? It's been uh, it's been really special. Um, I've talked about it a lot through uh, different uh, different events, different appearances, different um, sponsor get-togethers, and uh, I've had a lot of teammates through through my cup career that have been passionate and put in a lot of effort, but um, but none like Brad. And uh, I think it's comes from a uh, uh, you know level of success that that he's had in the series and, and winning a championship and winning races 
and uh, coming in having just that little extra skin in the game as a well, a lot more skin in the game as a, as an owner as well. And uh, it's been really uh, really fun. Been able to lean on him at uh, a lot of tracks that have been my my weaker places, and um, you know get uh, get a lot better at those places and, and make some big progress. So um, it's been really good through the year. We didn't fire off uh, as good as we had hoped. Um, you know the duels were were big to uh, to sweep those, but uh, the clash didn't didn't fire off as good as we hoped. And um, you know spent the first couple months trying to get traction underneath our feet, and um, and we came into uh, some really good runs there early summer and uh, we've had a lot of really good months here uh with a little bit of rough luck along the way and um you know a little bit of cleanup just needed in some different areas and we've been close and uh that's that was uh, exciting internally um you know everybody at, at the shop sees it but it's a little harder for our, our casual fans to to read into some of the things that we're talking about and uh the successes that we feel like the the many wins that we've had internally and um this just put a cap on all that and uh and really uh, shows everybody that that the progress that we've made through the summer and through the year and, and as brad's come over and really just um poured so much heart and soul into in the organization um as well as uh as jack and everybody back at rfk how specifically has brad made you a better driver i think um you know i, I think about phoenix is my most specific example that i always come back to but uh, there's been a handful of these along the way at um racetrack's not historically been my my best track it, it just hasn't been and um I, I don't have a good reason why or didn't at the time and uh got to go out there and, and run a test with brad really early on where uh ran a day and then brad got in the car and ran the second day and um it was one of those where he gets out and, and says look you you're focusing on the wrong things or, or maybe don't focus as hard on these um focus here move it around and uh he said this is where i've had success try this and uh, and that's helped me at a lot of racetracks um, that that we've gone to this season to to be better at those places um, to see uh, his passion in it and the amount of effort that he puts in each and every weekend uh, just drives everybody to to put in all the effort we possibly can to to get this right here right to be sitting here after a race and uh, and celebrating. And overall, in the organization outside of the race car, what does Brad provide to RFK that maybe wasn't there before? Um, I guess uh, there's not one thing, right? There's uh, there's a lot of things that have happened through um, through the off season, through uh, through the season that continue to change. Um, you know, whether that is uh, cleaning up um, some of our process. I, I think uh, Brad's come in and and been a detail guy. Um, really dove into some of the smaller pieces that'll add up to bigger pieces. And um, you know, we've we've come in and. Um, you know, a lot of it's uh, the most obvious is the aesthetics that have been cleaned up and um, and straightened out, and uh, you know that goes towards uh, towards pushing a, a higher work ethic and a and a better sense of pride in what we're putting on the racetrack. Um, you know, we've had really nice race cars at the track each and every week, and uh, and that started from just cleaning up a little bit. And um, you know, as you go along the list and you get some of his knowledge that he's built through the years. Um, I think he's been thinking about this team owner thing uh, for a really long time, and um, I think it's been good to have him come over and uh, and kind of rejuvenate Jack as well. I, I think um, I've seen Jack smiling a whole lot more in the last couple months than I had in a really long time, and, uh, and that's been awesome to see at the same time. So I think it's brought uh, some more excitement back to the shop. Um, I think it's brought, uh, brought some more success back to the shop as well. All right, we're going to go Mark, and then we'll go Seth, and then we'll go Michael. Okay, my screen just disappeared. Mark Arrow with PRN. 
what kind of deal was it for it to hang over your head? 223 races since the last win at Pocono. 2,238 days you had to live with that. How did you live with that? How did you deal with that? I didn't count them. <laughs> um, I don't like that stat one bit, but uh, at least it reset here today. And, uh, you know, we've uh, we've had some really close ones this year. Uh, the progress and the speed has been there at a lot of places. We've we've come back on Monday and uh, and been happy for a lot of reasons and uh, and really upset on some, some missed opportunities or some, some small things that we felt like could have completely changed some of our days and um, – or some big things like catching on fire at Indy. Um, you know, there's uh, uh, been a lot of moments through the summer, um, really through the season, that we could add up and say we've been sneaking up on this. Uh, so it's nice to put it together. Um, Scott made a great call and all day long, really. We got our track position after uh, not qualifying as good as we had hoped and got up front uh, for a lot of the race and was able to uh, to run away with it at the end. And, uh, you know, I think about the the Pocono win and, and that one was special um but this has been the one where I would take over any other race whether it's the the 500 the Coke 600 this is the one I've wanted for uh, forever and um that that makes this one that much better right it's uh aside from all the numbers and the days passed since the last one it just means that much more that this was the one that we did pull off so through the years and all those days you never thought about that Never thought about the distance between that first well, I did, win? I guess I thought about it, but I just didn't count them. <laughs> That's, um, it came up uh, in the shop this week that this was our 250th start. And um, I thought that through and, uh, and thought back through the, through the years. I was like, man, it's, it's been a rough go at times. And uh, I've been sitting here trying to fight for, for top 20s um, at different points of my career. And uh, that's not where we're at this year. Um, it's not where we've... Uh, been been looking to um we've had high expectations from the get-go and i think um you know a lot of that does come from brad coming over and kind of hitting a reset button uh nobody was ever content with 20 but it was like we needed baby steps to kind of work our way back up and and this was um this was a big reset this season to to say look we need to be winning races and uh and trying to put uh everything else behind you um other than the last week and try and learn from that one to get better so uh, yeah, I, I guess it's crossed your mind that it's been a long time, and uh, it, it's uh, wasn't counting 2,234 <laughs> days or whatever that was for sure. All right, we're going to go to Seth. Go ahead. Seth Eckert, kickingtires.net. Uh, this is for Scott. Uh, in 2015, you got your first championship in the Xfinity Series with Chris. This is your first win as a Cup Series crew chief. So is it a little bit of uh, coming full circle? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've been at this a, a long time on the on the Cup side, and uh, I mean, when I got the chance to to get back together to work with Chris, you know, at the end of last year, was really excited about it. And uh, you know, getting into this year, we've been close a couple times, um, and to finally get this win, especially at Bristol, because of like, I mean, we were just talking about it. Um, just a couple of days ago that like 2015 we almost won the Xfinity race and it came down to a caution with like two to go and uh we were out of you know ran out of fuel basically in the restart and um and lost that one but you know this makes up for it for sure um so it's uh it means it means a lot here obviously to to get this win and, and to get it with Chris 
um, yeah, it means definitely means a lot. It's a really big race. All right, our next question will go to yes, perfect. Thank you, Michael Massey, front stretch. Chris, uh, Geno Smith, quarterback Geno Smith had a great quote last week. People tried to write me off. I didn't write back. Do you think there was a time <laughs> where, like, maybe the industry or fans or anyone, I mean, you were a top prospect coming in winning the Xfinity title, but do you think there was a time during this your drought where people did write you off? Um, maybe. I don't care, though. Uh, you know, I think that uh, we, we've stayed at uh, what we've known through the years, um, you know, tried to understand that, um, uh, do the best with, with what we had. And, um, and we made, made good things happen with, uh, with, with opportunities that uh, people didn't expect. And so, uh, we weren't necessarily, uh, written off, but, um, we were underdogs a lot through the years and, um, and maybe we're a little bit coming into this season as well. And, uh, I think that, you know, we've had a performance that, um, that has showed that that's not where we're at, you know, for the for the majority of the season at this point. Uh, we've had really really strong runs, and I, I don't think that that's um, that's us at, at this point. Uh, if it was, so be it. Uh, I don't think it's bothered bothered me one bit. Um, right here, win races, and uh, it's been a long time. And uh, like I said, I wasn't counting the days, but you know, know that uh, one of this thing really bad, and uh, you know, think back to some of the races this season, um, and we've been so close at them and, and had things happen along the way. And um, honestly, I, I, I'm okay with that. Uh, we got to win at the, the one we wanted the most. And, um, you know, like Scott said, this is something that we've talked about leading into Bristol a lot, um, wishing there was two concrete races here to have more shots at it, um, just trying to redeem ourselves from uh, from a race that really just punched us right in the throat. Uh, right at the very end after having a really dominant day. And uh, this this makes up for that in, in a really big way. Okay. Real quick, we're going to go up to the press box for a question. Go ahead, press box. Hey, Chris. This is Jeff Birchville of John C. Press. You mentioned uh, three or four different times about how special it was to win at Bristol and just – Talk about a little bit about that atmosphere tonight. It seemed like it was really electric with just such a big crowd here tonight and everyone into it. Yeah, this uh, this place has that that special feel, and uh, we always talk about coming into it. Um, the uh, the excitement I got walking through that tunnel yesterday and seeing concrete, clean concrete, uh, was was really big. Uh, you know, I, I don't mind the the dirt race, but um, this is my favorite racetrack on uh, on. A paved surface and uh so when we lose that to dirt it hurts a little bit more than it would if um you know if a, a richmond was covered in dirt so um it was uh it, it's always special coming in here we had a great crowd tonight uh, fans were jacked up uh it's a long day of waiting to uh to, to hopefully hold out for weather and we had fantastic weather tonight uh got to get our whole race without any worries of any of that uh, it was a great temperature out. Fans showed up in, in huge numbers. It's just great to see the fans and packing the stands here at Bristol again. So uh, that adds to everything else on top of this being my favorite racetrack. Uh, I'm not saying that because we're sitting here at Bristol. I've gotten in trouble at a lot of different racetracks for saying that on their stages beforehand and, and gotten yelled at. But uh, it's the truth. This is this is the one um, one we've been looking forward to for a, a really long time. 
and uh, it, it's just a, a special place. It's unlike anywhere else we go. All right, hold for one minute. Does anyone have any questions for Scott Graves? If not, I'm going to let him go. Okay, let me take these two for Scott. I'll let him go, and then we'll continue with Chris. Go ahead, Jeff and Nate, and then we'll continue. Go ahead. Right here. Yeah, just the, the tire strategy. Did you have an idea going in that they were not going to wear it? I mean, Brad went the whole first stage, obviously. And, yeah. You know, it, it worked out. Yeah, after watching, <clears throat> I mean, we through practice, um, saw lap times were, were, you know, not a lot of fall off. And then just watching the races here the last few days um, just gave me more of a sense of uh, kind of back to 2015-16 where it was just about the track position and staying out. And um, really felt like tonight was just going to come down to who could be in first on the last restart and controlling the race. Um, was a little concerned, like, you know, we we were playing it right, um, led through most of the second stage, and then some guys got a little more aggressive. Um, you know, we were kind of waiting until we could get to, to windows to, to pit for the last time and put tires, and uh, I, I was a little concerned that we gave it up because we were back in like fourth or fifth and then I knew at that point we were even with everybody in front of us um and when that last caution came out I was like well the only shot we got is just to, to put two tires on it here <laughs> and uh, and try to get out in front of them so luckily um it did I mean the rights were the only thing I was concerned about there was almost zero wear on the left side tires and um I was only worried about the rights just for some of the failures at lap time like I say the fall off was pretty minimal so that was just our opportunity to, to get it back out front, and uh, I knew if we can get there, then we could we could uh, keep the lead. All right, Nate. Uh, Nate Ryan, NBC Sports. That was sort of my question, Scott. I guess following up, um, were you worried when Keselowski had his tire problem? Did you get any feedback on that? <clears throat> yeah, I was. Um, I was a little bit worried at that point because it had been mostly confined to the like the Penske cars. Um, and I didn't think we were going to have any issues at that point. We had that one long run. Um, we had 110 laps on tires on, on one run and uh, really didn't see any issues, so I, I wasn't too worried. And then as soon as Brad had it, I mean, I knew, I knew where all their settings were and where they were on pressure, and I was like, you know, we're, we're right there with them. So um, definitely a little bit of concern, and uh, I think everybody else did too, and that's probably why everyone went from the really aggressive, they were just going to, stay out to when that last caution happened, then everybody hit pit road. So um, it just kind of changed the, the tone a little bit at that point. As a crew chief, what was it like watching this race where you know, first time that the next-gen car has been on the concrete with you know the high loads, and obviously there were a lot of durability problems for a lot of people. I mean, did you kind of expect that coming in, or was it even maybe more of a race of attrition than you expected? A little bit. Um, I mean, we knew it would be a test. Um, you know, I thought, you know, we'd been to Dover. That's that's pretty high load, um, one of the highest loads, you know, tracks that we see. I guess the difference here is just uh, the everyone was probably on a different steering ratio. Um, you know, a little bit quicker steering, and maybe that put things in a little bit um, higher load. You know, tested it, tested that that part of the car out that hadn't really been seen before. Um, so thought, you know, wasn't I guess wasn't completely surprised that we saw some issues. Um, but uh, I was surprised, uh, you know, there were a bunch of steering rack issues, it seemed like. Um, and then the, the failures, just not sure on the, you know, like the, the tire failures we were seeing. But not knowing where guys were at with, you know, with settings and things like that. Um, luckily, we were conservative enough to, to not have an issue. Okay, we're going to go with Jacob. Well, one last question for Scott. Jacob's home and kicking the tires. I'll actually get Chris to kind of chime in a little bit, and then, Scott, you can follow up. Chris, you said 
on TV uh, that you weren't worried at all when Scott, you know, called for the two tires and that you were just gonna gonna drive it at the end. Does that illustrate, you know, obviously you two have worked together a lot. Does that illustrate the faith that you've had in in Scott atop the pit box all the time you've worked together? Yeah, I think uh, you know, last year we kind of picked picked up pretty quickly where we left off several years back and um, come down to the end of the race and uh, uh, I'm in no position to make that decision for where I'm at um, and uh, I, I was sitting there you know we kind of been running about fourth or fifth and um, he didn't tell me until we were pulling into the pit box about four stalls away so I didn't have time to argue anyway but um, I was on board with it as soon as he said I was like all right we're going to get this track position we're going to uh, gonna fight with all we got on this restart and uh, and try and take off. And um, I don't know what the the other cars were on there at the end, but, um, you know, I felt like uh, watching Brad have his issue definitely had me a little bit nervous from inside the car. But uh, where we're at, you know, um, unfortunately not in the playoffs, but uh, figured there's no reason to let up. You know, we have nothing to lose here tonight, so we'll stay after it. And whatever happens, happens. And so... Uh, no, I I felt confident that he had the information to make that call and uh, entrusted that was going to give us the track position to, to be on the front row there at the end. Uh, you know, we had had good calls earlier that had put us up there and uh, in a fast race car that uh, we were on the front row and got a lot of practice up there restarting. And uh, and I think we were uh, 100% on right lane choice from uh, from the front row and uh, and maintaining the lead. So. Uh, had a good idea of where we needed to be for that last restart, and that all that all helped from um, from my standpoint. Scott, how have you seen Chris grow as a driver from when you first worked with him to where you guys are now, and and what what makes this relationship between the two of you click like it does? <laughs> um, I think you know from when I first started working with him, I think just you know the confidence he has now um, is has grown a lot and. Uh, yeah, this year obviously the the car, um, the confidence and, and the aggression that he's been able to show um, has just really been a, a step up, you know, from what I've seen. Um, so just you know, really proud of him for that, from what he's been able to do and and uh, and actually you know, get the win here tonight is just uh, kind of a, I guess a, a, a huge accomplishment on that end of it. So um, I think you know for what what works between us, like neither of us get stressed out. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> He's calm, and I just I try to stay calm. I mean, I, whether I'm calm internally or not, I just <laughs> I try to stay uh, stay calm, and I think that's just a, a big part of it because we're able to talk our way through things, and and uh, we always seem to be you know going forward. Like we make make adjustments throughout a race, and and we can figure it out and, and move forward, and that's just a big part of it. And if I feel like a lot of times you know if you're if you're in a panic mode, and, and a lot of things spiral out of control, and uh, we're, that's just not us. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it works well from that standpoint. All right, Scott, thanks for hanging with us thanks. for a little bit. You are good to go. Internally, Chris, unfortunately, <laughs> you have to stay for a little bit longer. We'll start with Steven. Steven Toronto, CBS Sports. Chris, uh, you've had, during your cup career, you've had really good races and really good runs in spurts, it feels like. Uh, but tonight, you know, obviously, not only do you get the win, you also uh, set a new career high for laps led. Uh, actually, I think shattered that mark by a wide margin, and obviously, uh, 
got got the victory. So do you feel like this is, and I know this is easy to say because you won, but do you feel like this is the most complete race that you've ever run in your cup career? Um, probably because of, there's a trophy at the end of the day. But, um, you know, I think back, it was a smooth day. Um, it wasn't a day where we had to fight and claw and overcome a lot of adversity. And I think um, we talked a lot this year uh, because we've had those days. And um, Indy, for instance, we, we had speed to win that race um, or to fight with the eight car for that one. And, you know, we caught on fire. We are laps down until six laps to go. We finally got on the lead lap. And uh, we fought hard all day long and, and clawed our way back to 10th. And that's one that you sit there and we came back on uh, on Monday and we're like, man, if things could have gone a little smoother and we wouldn't fight all the adversity throughout most of the race, that could have been an opportunity. Um, there's been a lot of races like that where we've been strong. We've had good showings. We've steadily built on our speed during the race. We've made good adjustments. We've had good pit stops, but we've had something somewhere along the way hit us, whether it was bad luck, whether it was um, poor choices from uh, behind the steering wheel, uh, whether it was um, on pit road, whatever it may have been, we've had things come up on, on some of our best days that uh, have prevented us from, from sitting here right now. So, uh, you know, we didn't have to fight near as hard today. Um, we had speed from the get-go. Fast cars fix a whole lot of things, and uh, we had that through practice. Uh, qualifying was a big disappointment for us, and uh, I guess maybe that was the biggest hurdle we had to overcome was, was not being where we needed to be um, after qualifying. And I felt confident in our race car. Uh, I told everybody, I was like, I'm not stressing about this right now. I am really happy with where we're at, and I think we have a good shot love this racetrack i always feel like we have a shot coming here so um you know it, it was one of those days where we just we all executed well and um we didn't have that big slap in the face somewhere along the way that we had to try and shake off and, and get back going and uh, at this level and, and you know at this level of competition uh that we've seen week in week out you have to put together everything in the same night and, and we did that tonight you mentioned having fast cars, and the the last time the Cup Series was on a short track before this was Richmond, and there you were contending for the win there. Uh, I know you had had good runs to that point before and were, was, were on a pretty good streak, but was that almost a eureka moment for this race team? Uh, the fact that it was at Richmond, yeah. Um, I would have told you to fill that place with water and stock it with fish for uh, for a lot of years in my career. And um, this year has been a pretty good reset for me. Um, I had a whole I had friends at Richmond that that worked at the track and they gave me a really hard time because I was not easy and I did not make their jobs easy. But um, it's a it's a place where I really struggled through the years and to come there this year and have two good runs. But to be that close in that race that was like man we're we we found something not only on our road course side but on our our short track side of things. Um, our mile and a half have been okay. Um, you know they've been competitive more competitive than we've been in the past, but uh, not where they need to be and. Um, you know, we loved going to Richmond and, and seeing that speed there. Um, and I think that did kind of give us that, that step back of put some more focus into this, um, not only the road course side, and uh, but short tracks in, in Bristol, like I said, is one that I've had circles for so long, put a lot of focus into this thing and, uh, and worked hard to, to be ready for it. Dover, uh, we had Gracie, got our first pole at, at Dover, and it's probably the track that we're able to lean into the most to be ready for this one. So that really was kind of the kickoff of our runs through the summer, That that the momentum that we've been able to build. And so um, 
Fidei probably started with that race a long time ago to be be here right now. Right. Thanks, Chris. Well, here, Chris. Chris Weaver, Fox 8, WJHP High Point. Scott and you both talked about the tire strategy and, and staying calm, but at what point in the race did you say, all right, I've got a car that can win this thing? And then after the tire strategy deal and you're up front, what do you do in your head to, to stay calm and, and keep it out front? I'm always calm. Um, Scott said, uh, Scott put it, put it well that internally we may have our, uh, our, our fights and our demons, um, I get a lot of that out without keying up a radio button, so most people never see it, never hear it, and uh, including our team, and uh, do that on purpose because um, I, I know that uh, I, I don't always think the clearest in the absolute moment, and uh, and I've been around a lot of those uh, moments through my career, uh, working on race cars, working on teams, and did not see the benefit in it. I've I've seen it deject everybody behind the the pit wall, up on the pit box, and um, and really have everybody kind of scratching their heads, wondering what to do. Um, you know, having that that fit is not. I've not seen it be productive. Um, it works for some people. Some people need it, and, and that's fine. But that's not me. Uh, that's not Scott. That's not our team. And um, try and get those out of the way real quick, and then. Uh, then hit the button and talk about what uh, what what needs to be talked about to get better. And um, so we come down to the end of the race, and uh, like I said, he didn't give me any time to uh, to fight him on the two tires, four tires. I knew we were going to put something on it. And um, you know, after watching uh, Brad's hard luck there, uh, I was like, okay, this is going to hit the reset button to where don't have to worry about that in the last 60 laps. And uh, as we're pulling the box, he said, right sides only. I was like, let's go. Like, let's take this shot. Let's do it. Let's gamble. We have nothing to lose here. Um, there's one thing that hurts about tonight, and it's the fact that this was not four races ago and, and put us into the playoffs because with the speed we've had, I feel like we could have drove through through a couple of rounds. Um, who knows? We, we won't know at this point. But um, it's the only thing that hurts about tonight. Everything else was awesome, uh, and everything else is, uh, is definitely on the up and up. So it's, uh, it's a really special one. Like I said, this – favorite racetrack. This is the one I wanted to win. I'd take this over at Daytona 500 any day of the week. Kelly. Kelly Crandall, Racer.com. Um, did Chris Busher win this race or did Christopher Busher <laughs> win this race? Well, um, Christopher was on the car. Um, I talked about coming into it. I was like, man, maybe I need to cut that off because we've had some rough luck the last two weeks. It has not gone near as well um, with my full name there. So, um now I don't know what to do. Now we're gonna we're gonna roll with it. So uh, I know my mom is punching the air right now that uh, the name she gave me was, was on the race car. I got it to victory lane, so that was uh, she's been the, the biggest fan of Dale Jr. ever since that moment. But um, it's uh, it's been really fun to play along with that and have some some good times with it. Uh, I told everybody I started shortening it because everybody uh, in in middle school was was already done with their test by the time I wrote my full name out, so I had to had to try and catch up. So uh, probably regret it a little bit now, but um, it's been fun to play along with it, and uh, we'll, we'll keep with it through the end of the year, and we'll see where it goes. Brad said one of the first things when he uh, signed his deal with Roush was to see what your deal was and that he put a contract extension in front of you. So how good does it feel that he came in and he believes so much in you and that it seems like you're going to be secure for a pretty long time with this organization? Yeah, it's uh, been here a long time already. So it just keeps adding on. It's uh, especially it's home, right? It's um, 
Jack and Robbie Riser and uh, with the help of Ken and David Reagan and um, uh, several other people along the way, really gave me my shot at professional auto racing, right? And um, and that was at Roush Fenway Racing at the time. And um, it's uh, it's been a really special place where I've gotten to uh, to develop and basically build my, my skill set and be able to go win a lot of races through different series and um, not as many on the cup side as we wanted, not even close. And, um, you know, for uh, for Brad to come over in the ownership role and, and have that faith in me early on meant a lot to me. Um, you know, a guy that's won so many races, championship in, at the top level motorsports in the country, that's, um, that's a pretty big pat on the back when uh, we haven't always had the results to show for it. So um, I think uh, it, it goes – goes to me to say that people have been paying attention when we make the most of the situations that, that we've been in and uh, and, and do our best to uh, have a 10th place day and make it a 7th or, or whatever it may be and um, and always do that and always put in 110%. So um, I've, uh, I've had really good teammates through the years at different organizations uh, at the cup level, uh, but nobody that's put in the amount of effort as Brad Keselowski and, uh, you know, probably comes from the ownership side of it as well um i don't i don't know if it would be the same without that side of it but uh, i feel like the answer is probably yes um he's very passionate about it he puts in the the work and the time and uh and the effort to be able to to make this thing successful and we've seen it this year everybody back at the shop's done a, a fantastic job and, and really adapted well to um huge changes through the off season right the next gen car has been a, a huge uh, a step in, in uh, learning process for everybody, and uh, everybody embraced it and got after it, and uh, we've been close at, at times, and um, they always hurt a little bit to uh, to miss out on them, and uh, I, I don't remember who told me, but um, I was told after after Sonoma, you got to lose a few before you can before you can win them, and so felt like we lost a few this year that uh, that that got us to where we were ready to win this one. So that's a good segue. Last way I wanted to bring up, you talk about the first poll this year, the good runs, the runs where you guys have been way off. You've been upside down. You've been on fire. So is it, is it almost like, of course, you're going to win a race and not only win a race, but win a race where you take home a sword? At this point, nothing was going to surprise me in this year. Um, I don't know how I've uh, gotten to be the test dummy for uh, for so much of this. My uh came back from India. My dad's like, hey, do you get hazard pay for doing all this? Like, this has been awful. You you've hit all the the, the low lights along the way, and um, it's uh, it's been a ride. Uh, had a had a lot harder go this year. Torn up a lot more equipment than than I'm used to in my career as well, and um, you know that that doesn't sit well with me because something I've taken pride in a long time. Uh, worked on a lot of my own race cars, and uh, you know seen the bills on on cars growing up and seen what my family sacrificed to do this and uh worked very hard to make sure that uh, I was taking care of Jack's stuff through the years and uh, this one's been a tough go we've had some moments but um we've had the the, the high spots as well and, and that's that's really helped keep us rolling that there's been progress along the way even with the tough ones whether it was uh barrel rolling at a track where you would never think about a car flipping um not being the first one on fire but uh but the the one that put on the biggest show out of it until Harvick outdid me. So um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a ride, but uh, wouldn't trade for anything because we've learned from each each and every moment along the way. Um, that's a lie. I'd trade some of those. Yeah, I probably would, but uh, we did learn from all of it to uh, to be able to keep keep moving forward.
Any final questions for Chris? All right. Well, congratulations, Chris. Good luck next week in Texas. Thank you very much. Glad to be going home. that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a place where chaos mixes with speed. Where a town turns into a city and a weekend becomes a lifetime of memory. It's a tradition like no other. What a wild finish. NASCAR Playoff Weekend at Talladega Super Speedway, October 1st and 2nd. Wallace, the winner at Talladega. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. Absolutely, guys. They came to get the giveaway thanks to Talladega Super Speedway. Xfinity, truck, doubleheader weekend, stuff on Sunday. Man's going to make for a beautiful backdrop. First weekend of October, guys. Weather's going to be perfect for Canada, man. Don't forget the rodeo inside on Friday night. Good for just to have a Sunday ticket free. Saturday night concert, and then you also got the Boulevard and everybody partying on the NFL. Come check it out. I'll be live in Big Bill's Garage. Stop on by. Charging up that light. And that light shine. that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a place where chaos mixes with speed. Where a town turns into a city and a weekend becomes a lifetime of memory. It's a tradition like no other. What a wild finish. NASCAR Playoff Weekend at Talladega Super Speedway, October 1st and 2nd. Wallace, the winner at Talladega. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com.